Ready? Yes. Welcome to Ask the Real Estate Doctor. Each week, we bring you an accomplished guest to share with you many tips and info that will make a difference in your life. And we'll also discuss real estate market and real estate investment tips and help you make better financial decisions with your real estate investment and achieve your goals. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is AJ Zaki here. Today, we're going to talk about cash and cash return. We're going to talk about investment. We're going to talk about why should you use cash and cash and when do you use cash and cash. It's one of the best um, methods of uh, basically buying real estate. And I'm going to go over it in depth. I'm going to go with so many examples and tell you exactly why you should use it and when you should use it. But that will be the latter part of our segment. But the first segment here, we have a guest. Uh, my guest today is uh, Mumina Carpet. Carpetian, is that correct? Carpetian? Yes, yes it is. Okay, great. Thank you. My guest today, she's a pharmacist. And I felt the time that we're living right now with the COVID and living here in South Florida, there's so many people right now talking about, you know, being afraid of the virus, being concerned, uh, many, many things. And the cases in our area here keep increasing, basically in Florida, about over 1,200 almost every day the past maybe week or so. Today, we passed 400,000 cases. Uh, positive cases of COVID-19. So I felt it's really uh, very important to address this and bring a very um, experienced pharmacist who's gonna talk about the cases, what type of cases, and we have five questions. And before we go to the questions, let me introduce our pharmacist today, <clears throat> Momura Karpichian. She is a compounding pharmacist with over 24 years of experience in the field. She's the owner of a thim, uh, therm, thermography practice where she focuses on preventing breast cancer as well as other diseases. She also practices homeopathy, herbal and functional medicine. Momena works with the latest technologies in biologics, and she's a distributor of very unique regenerative treatments for mainstream medical practice as well as non-mainstream. Welcome, Momena. How are you today? Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time and coming, joining us here and share your um, tips, experience with our uh, audience and listeners. I really My appreciate pleasure. you coming here. Uh, just to let you know, the way it happens here on this uh, podcast, what I do is basically I send, uh, let people know that what I'm going to have my guests will be and what we're going to talk about. And I get all the questions will be coming from audience, from people who are listening to the podcast. And so the question, I basically, I ask you the questions and I take the answer and I go back and forward to these people. And usually I send that blast of social media and that's where the questions come from. So um, I think everybody's looking forward to hearing your answer now. Let's go with the first question. Um, if you can talk a little bit about the types of tests that's happening right now, there's so many types of tests. People are talking about the tests that, you know, the swab, that people use in the nose and it's so painful and uh, other methods. Can you talk about what are the types of um, tests that right now that people are using um, in um, hospitals or pharmacies and so forth? Mm -hmm. Sure. So uh, there is a lot of confusion regarding all the testing that's going on. And um, so we do have several types of testing available and they are different. So the first one and the most common one is the nasal swab. The nasal swab test actually is detecting the genetic material of the coronavirus. And that is a swab that they stick up into your nose and sometimes in the back of, your, <clears throat> back of your throat. 
So it is very, very important to get a very good sample. So the test is very, very accurate. However, it's only as accurate as the operator. So whoever's doing the test must get an adequate sample in order for the lab to replicate it. And that I is what we call... Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I got you because some people are complaining that I hear complaints about some people say the, the, you know, the technicians, the way they do it, they just put this thing in all the way in. Is it the proper way or there is a specific yes. way? Yeah, the, yes, it is. There is a specific way to put it in. Um, you should put it all the way up into the nose and it, okay. you should get what we call a lacrimal response, like a tear. Okay. Okay. And, um, so basically that is a diagnostic test that is diagnosing if you are positive for that then you are diagnosed with having covid then we have the antibody test which is a finger prick and um that's that's not only a finger prick but actually they do it in the doctor's office where they draw your blood from the vein so there's different ways of getting these antibodies through whole blood or through venous blood and here we're looking for exposure. It is not a diagnostic test. We are looking for exposure to the COVID where the COVID would trigger your immune system or your, it would trigger an immune response where your body would start to produce these antibodies to fight off the virus or to help fight off the virus. So that is actually both testings are very, testing are good and people do both testings. But if you want to know if you are diagnosed with COVID, then you would get the nasal swab. If you want to know if you have antibodies to the COVID, then you would get the antibody test. Um, but if I could just ask you, what happens is people don't know exactly like the difference. So let's say people just to go to uh, one of the government uh, test places and just go there and say, do they have an option or just go for whatever? No, so the, gov the government places, they do the um, nasal swab. Yeah, the, fi the, the, the finger prick test, there's one that's a point of care test where you can do in a pharmacy or a doctor's office. It's, it's about a 10 or 15 minute test. And um, usually there's a charge for that. But if you do the venous draw, then the insurance will cover it. And then actually a lot of times the insurance will cover the antibody test if you're doing it at a doctor's office. However, Which the, one do you recommend? Mm -hmm. Sorry. Which I'm one sorry. do you recommend for people to do? If someone so, has the you, option you know, to... Yeah, so, so, so it's, yeah. it's very, very uh, circumstantial based on the person's case. So if you're feeling symptoms, um, you know, the nasal swab is always a good idea to do. But however, the problem now that we're having is the results are taking quite a bit of time. So some people are waiting up to two weeks or more. So you do the swab and now it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole swab. So we have a lot of people coming to get the antibody test because they want to see if their body build up and had a reaction to the COVID. So that is a good indication or a good guideline. So the antibody test is a good guideline whether you should go and get tested for the nasal swab if you're not going to get swabbed in the first place. Okay, that's what you recommend. Um, I, I remember like earlier you talked about something about quantitative versus quality, like what kind of... Oh, so yeah, so, so the, uh, the antibody test, it's a, it's a qualitative test, meaning it'll okay. just give you a positive or a negative result. We're not measuring how many antibodies you actually have. Okay. And the other one? I'm sorry. There's, there's also actually a saliva, saliva testing now. 
Um, okay. However, it's not, you know, um, it's really not uh, quite there yet. So there still needs to be some studies done on it, but it looks very promising. So okay. that'll be another option. By speaking about just text, uh, all these types of tests, is this just here in Florida or it's nationwide? Are we like, it depends on what state you're in, um, the method is different or it's the same? No, it's the same. Same everywhere. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think really, like what's contributing to all this uh, high number of positive cases here? Do you think it's really, is it the mask? Is it, um, what do you think is really contributing to it? Yeah. Like people so, want mask and social, you know, distance mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. So there, there are, you know, we, we could learn from our neighboring countries and our neighbors and our, you know, um, countries from abroad where, for example, Taiwan, they only had, I believe, 4,400 cases. And Taiwan, mm -hmm. we know, is next to China and, and only seven deaths. And the wow. reason is because they immediately, once they found out about it, they did the social distancing, they shut everything down until, you know, people, you, that's the way to eradicate this virus because this virus you know you can get it through droplets um even now they're saying that you, it can be it through aerosol so like let's say you're standing in the elevator and you sneezed or you coughed and i walked right in the elevator it's a possibility right. that i can contract it through that aerosol maybe or maybe not but definitely through a droplet so mask is important um uh, social distancing is important. And I think until we learn how to do that right, it's going to be yeah. a long time before we, our lifestyle will change back to, to normal. So are you saying the virus could be an airborne? Uh-huh, yes. It is an airborne, okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very uh, subtle virus, um, but very, very harmful. So, you know, um, because it replicates very quickly. So it depends on, <clears throat> on the person's immune system or how your body will flush it out initially. Or, you know, it, it really just all depends on the person. And the scary thing is, you know, you can be in very good shape and still, mm -hmm. you know, start to, to, to get symptoms. And actually they can start to cause a lot of problems. And once that happens, you know, you forget about the COVID. You have to start taking uh, care of the the lungs and the heart and the and the blood problems. I see. One and of the fail, questions organ I failures. Oh, sorry for interruption. One of the questions I received today was someone was asking, <clears throat> does it is it when it comes to the heat, is there a difference that if some if the virus is gonna increase um, or hit more people during the summertime or the heat versus uh, let's say I'm just saying spring or fall, is that is there a factor here in terms of the heat? I don't, uh, I don't think so. Everything that we're hearing, I don't think so. And from everything that we're seeing, obviously yeah. not. Okay. So just basically sort of a rumor here and there. Now mm -hmm. let's go to this question, which actually it's one of my favorite here. About talking about immunity. If you can talk about immunity, um, I just for me, I feel um, I cannot really control what's beyond me. <clears throat> I cannot control what people are doing or not doing. Uh, I do the social distance, I do the mask, I do, you know, do all the right things. But at the same time, I feel uh, to focus more on my body itself, my immunity. If you can talk about the immunity system and like what people can do to increase their, uh, you know, immunity and be, uh, be able to uh, defend, you know, have their body defend this virus, 
If you can, you know, elaborate on that, please. Yes, absolutely. So <clears throat> the best, the best, you know, way to fight off the virus is, of course, our innate immune system, which is what we were born with. Um, okay. Diet and lifestyle, you know, as we all know, is, is, is the first thing that we should be doing correctly. And when I mean correctly, you know, I don't mean 100%. Um, but you know, there has to be a balance. Everything is a balance and there has to be a good balance because you cannot run forever. You're going to burn your body out. So I yeah. would say a good balance is 80, 85 to 15%. You know, you know, if you want to eat pizza or burger, or whatever, you know, junk food, um, that's okay, but we can't eat it all the time. So we do have to get our nutrients in. We do need to have good antioxidant protection. Um, and in most cases, people supplement. About 80% of Americans take supplements. The whole problem is the type of supplements that they take. You know, if you go and just get a supplement at your local drugstore, you're probably not getting a very good quality supplement. Um, a lot of them get destroyed in the gut. And only about 10% actually get, uh, you know, into the cell. And we don't want that. We want most of it there. So when you're trying to take vitamin C or you're taking... Um, to, you know, anything to increase your immunity, the quality of the supplement is very, very important. Green tea is an excellent antioxidant. Um, I always recommend everybody to drink green tea. It can, I'm not 100% sure about this. I haven't done full research on it, but from what I understand, it can, you know, help deactivate the receptors of the COVID. So yeah. or, nice organic green tea. Um, there's a lot of Im immunoboosting supplements mm -hmm. you can take to increase the soldiers in the immune system and the, the selective cytokines which are anti-inflammatory so that that's one of the things you could do and de-stressing you know stress you know because like you said you want to take care of your body from head to toe um we're always on the phone we're working either from home or from work and we have all this wi-fi you know go outside in your backyard have a cup of tea or water or whatever you like and just relax with no phone nothing you know, we have yeah. to find a way to de-stress and detox. I think those things are very important as well. I think I agree with you. And I think number one, actually to turn your TV off so you don't watch this, you know, uh, nonsense that you watch, you see on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, you talked just a second ago about, you have to be careful about the types of supplements, but exactly most people basically walk into Walgreens or um, CVS or Costco and just buy whatever on the shelf, whatever the name, brand names that you see. How do I know what, what, I mean, what are the best types of supplement that I can take or everybody can take? And instead of just, people don't know, they just pick up whatever is there, assuming it's already, you know, it's the right thing because it's, that's what they are used to buy. So what do you recommend actually for like, right. do you go to like a yeah. vitamin shop? Or? Well, I mean, yeah, so, so, <clears throat> the thing is like when you go to Walgreens or you go to CVS when you, or Costco and you're looking at supplements, just look on the label. If you look at other ingredients and you're seeing like 10 or 15 or 20 of those, which often you will see, you know, maybe anywhere from five to 25 ingredients, you know, these are all like um, metals, oxides. It's very hard for your body to get to the active ingredient and break these things down. Also, a lot of supplements contain synthetic vitamins and nutrients, okay? Mm -hmm. um, people have um, 
you know, they're, they're born with like genetic mutations where your body is very hard to convert like folic acid or, or vitamin B12 to its active form. So a lot of these are enriched synthetic vitamins, um, not good quality, not what's found in nature. Um, also, you want to be careful of what, you know, not only what, what's in there, but like pesticides, um, how, how it's grown, these vitamins, where are they getting them from, how, how dirty they are and how, how clean they became, you know, who manufactured yeah. it. So, you know, the clinical studies on, on vitamins. So, yeah, I, I like to use, um, I have practitioner accounts with certain companies and I use maybe four or five different companies that um, many other doctors and, and nutritionists and all walks of practitioners and cl clinicians agree on that they're very, very good, studied. I got you. Do you look for any, like some kind of a sample or anything like sort of uh, organic or uh, any types of thing on the bottom? Yeah, I mean, or organic, mm -hmm. yeah. organic is better, but uh, you know, the thing is supplements are not regulated by the FDA. So you gotta really, you know, unless you know the company, you will you have to just take their word for it. I mean, the label can look great. And that's what most of the time leads us to buy the product, the label. Wow, it looks nice. It's USDA organic, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, you know. I see. Mm -hmm. What are the types of <clears throat> vitamins? Basically, some people say vitamin C is the best one to use now. Some people say vitamin D is the key. Some people say- Vitamin D, yeah. So vitamin D, the higher the level, the more mm -hmm. immunity you're gonna you're gonna um, attain from that. Um, optimal levels of vitamin D. So when you talk about vitamin D, 70% of people in Florida or in America are vitamin D deficient, and that's mm -hmm. why the range is 30 to 100 because 70% are actually deficient. So if your level is 30, which most people is actually under 30, but even if you're 30 or 35, you're in okay shape. You know we don't really want to be okay, do we? We want to be optimal where our body's functioning like an optimal, optimal fuel. So, so I would say 75 to 80 would be a really good optimal level of vitamin D. You don't want to take synthetic vitamin D that the doctor prescribes you or vitamin D2. Um, a lot of people get that prescription 50,000 units once a week. That is not very well absorbed. Your body gets rid of it very quickly and it's synthetic. It has a lot of garbage in it. Vitamin D3, which is the natural one you get from the sun, that's the one you want to be taking. And in my practice, mm -hmm. I make sure people take 10,000 units every single day. 10, you cannot, 10,000, 10,000. 10, wow, wow, yeah. that's, a, that's a big number. Wow. It, so it's not actually, it, toxicity is at 50,000 units um, every day for three to four months. Then we'll talk about toxicity. No, I just, I'm saying that because we live in the sun state, like, you know, Florida is basically, you know, we have yeah. sun year round. And I know that if you spend half an hour, 20 minutes walking in the sun, that should give you enough uh, vitamin D. Actually, you you'd have to be, you'd have to be practically naked. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, so you're walking around with your clothes, it doesn't really count. Really? Okay. So this yeah. thing will penetrate the... Mm -hmm. okay. And, and you need less than that. Yeah. yeah, some people need less depending on the color of your skin. Exactly. I thought, okay. I thought like, is it like the darker skin, the uh, less- You need more. Yep. You need more because less, you, you absorb mm -hmm. much less. less than, okay. Gotcha. Sorry. And, and then you were talking about vitamin C. Vitamin C is great too. Um, there's different ways of getting vitamin C. You can get IVs, you know, which are very costly. So if you can't afford that, the best vitamin C that I like to recommend is called liposomal. 
L-I-P-O-SOMO, liposomal. And what that is, is a vitamin C is it's at, it's attached to a fat molecule and it actually, mm-hmm. you know, like cruises through the gut and doesn't get okay. destroyed and it goes right into the cells. Whereas other vitamin C that you're getting over there in your regular store, Publix, wherever, uh, is actually comes from corn, GMO, it's called ascorbic acid. So they get it from, from like GMO and not cheap sources. And that I one, you're, you're only absorbing about 10%. So where do you, where do you buy this from? Liposomal? Uh, so I buy it online. Um, I like the company called Designs for Health. That's a very okay. good one. Dr. Amy Myers is another very good liposomal vitamin C. Okay. How about like, I heard that some people go like there is um, some kind of um, places that we can go and get sort of a shot with vitamin B or D or B12. Do you recommend mm-hmm. these shots or no? Um, you know, I, I always like to look at levels first before okay. recommending anything, especially when okay. you're doing high doses injections that are going to stay in your body for a while. Um, so yeah, you, you always want to check. You know, and another thing I wanted to point out is people are not taking their health. They're, they're afraid to go out and take care of their health. So they're not doing prevention. Um, they're not going to the doctor as much. They're not getting their labs drawn, you know? That, that can make us very sick alone. So if we're not going to die of the COVID, we're going to end up dying from something else. Prevention, your annual visits, all of, all of these are very important to continue, you know, um, doing that, whether you're in, in, in good health or not. That's a great point. Um, one more thing here about speaking of vitamins and supplement, zinc. That's the one word keep, you know, we keep hearing all the time about zinc. Is it zinc, a true yes. thing or it's a hype? Yeah, no, no. Zinc is excellent for the immune system. It really helps boost the immune system. And it's an antioxidant. It's very, very important. And we don't get enough of it in our food. So it's not a hype at all. Um, no. okay. so you got to be careful with the zinc because uh, sometimes if you take over 50 milligrams, you can get what's called the zinc flush and you'll feel like you have um, flu-like symptoms and like you're pretty, practically dying, but, but you're okay. It's just from the zinc. So usually oh, yeah. 50, 50 milligrams is enough. Yeah. But how about like, isn't, um, I heard also that zinc might, um, I don't know, just somehow block the benefits of other vitamins. Is that true or no? I mean, does it no. interact in any negative way with any other? Uh, no, no, right? no, you, it no, it doesn't. No. Okay. It doesn't. No. Good, thank you. I mean, I feel like we covered everything to do with vitamins and, you know, anything to do with immunity here. Now I have another question, which is about the vaccine. And there's so much talk about the vaccine. It's mm-hmm. happening. Um, some places say it's in England already have something. And basically the entire world, everybody's competing to come up with a vaccine. Right. Um, so they could basically, you know, of course, help people who are sick people and help everyone else. And of course, make a huge profit. Where do you think we are in terms of the vaccine? Is it really we're going to wait months or what do you think? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be any anytime soon. And I think a lot of people are going to be afraid to get it because, okay. you know, you don't know the long-term side effects of the vaccine. You don't know how long it's going to take to, you know, the, how long it's going to keep producing the antibodies. And um, yeah, I, I personally don't even get the flu shot. So something, you know, vaccines take 10 to 15 years to develop. They're not that, wow. that simple. You know, because you have to do a lot of clinical studies. You have to do a lot of studies to see the long-term side effects of vaccines. 
And here you're going to be injecting the COVID. <laughs> you know, you can, it's scary. Just like in your own opinion, what do you think? Like, where, how do you see the thing ending? Is it going to be at the end of the year to some extent? To no, just, I, I think according you know, to the World Health Organization, we're looking right. at three to, three to five years. We wow. need a, we need good leadership. You know that 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 just depends. You know who right. our leader is going to be. So with good leadership, we can definitely eradicate this. You know, if we all work together to be on the same same page, you know, then we we can do it. Otherwise, it's just talk. I got you. It's it's a big thing, and it's unfortunately it's uh, election year. So we'll see what happens with that. So hopefully. Um, what would be your last, like, you know, if you could give an advice, like for people who are concerned, worried about stepping outside of their houses and, and just, there's, I know so many people, uh, I host a number of Zooms and I know some people have not um, been able to go outside just because of their fear. They're afraid of if they were to get outside of their house or condo, they might get the virus and, you know, they will become sick and, you know, you know, the results. Yeah, no, that, that these people. You know. mm -hmm. That that alone is, is probably not healthy, you know, for the individual. And it, it can make you depressed, mm -hmm. it can make you anxious, it can make you worrisome. Uh, I would definitely suggest going outside, going for a walk in the evening. You know, it's, it's nice in the evening time. You can go in the daytime, it's probably a little bit too hot. Um, yeah, go out, just put your mask on, keep your hands clean, wash them, sanitize them until you get home. I would not be freaking out and, and you know, wiping down every single box that I have. No, <laughs> you it's know, too much, huh? it's okay. too much. Yeah. It's, it's not, not even necessary. And um, other than that, you know, just, just keep clean. I mean, all of these are very good habits to have all the time. Anyhow. Yeah. I and, agree with you. you know, I mean, stay away from large crowds, you know, probably it's not a good idea to have parties in the house and, and, you know, people that you don't know, or even the ones that you know, I mean, just, just be careful if you're elderly or you think that you are immunocompromised, then, you know, people can still wear masks in the house. I, I see patients in their home that are cancer patients, and um, I wear a mask all the time, even though they don't care if I do or not. But I do, just for their, their protection. Mm -hmm. Very good point. Very good point. I want to thank you so much for um, all the steps and, and uh, the information you shared with us. Before I let you go, there is, I end my show or my episode here and I say, <clears throat> tell me something about Momina that I don't know. Tell me something about you that we don't know. And you could, anything that you feel like people around you don't know about you. If you could share that with you, with us here, actually. Something that somebody doesn't know about me. Um, yeah. Well, everybody knows that I like to work a lot. <laughs> Okay. Um, but I actually do like to spend time with my family. Yes. I like to, you know, hang out in the pool with my kids. I like to sit and drink my iced coffee out there. Sometimes I like to close the door and I'll come home and have some ice cream and nobody will know where I am. So, yeah, I do like to relax. I like to detox from this, you know, outside world. And um, I actually like being in my house, even though I don't have a chance to be there as often as I would like. Mm, good. Now we know something about you. Extra. Yep. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for uh, coming in and uh, helping uh, many, many people who are going to listen to this, going to benefit from this, about the tips that you shared, the many good information that you shared. I really appreciate your time and coming here and look, look forward to seeing you very, very soon. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.